Start the music, Chad. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Rogo Tours podcast. My name is Chad Durham. This is Jacob Hampton. I'm Eric Wood. And we uh, today want to talk about Across the Spider-Verse. And that we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, Into the Spider-Verse and maybe some of our expectations for Beyond the Spider-Verse. But mostly we're going to look at um, Across the Spider-Verse, which just recently came out. Um, and kind of like what we thought about it and if it lived up to expectations and what are some of the things that we've really enjoyed about the series. So uh, first, I just wanted to kind of tell a story that I've told before, um, which is when the original Into the Spider-Verse came out, how, I don't want to say disappointed, but I was so weirded out when I first saw the trailers because I was like, I can't believe we're doing Spider-Man again. It had come very, like on the heels of like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, which I already thought were overkill. You know, we had the three Tobey Maguire, then we had the two Andrew Garfield. Now we have three Tom Holland. Um, and so it just felt like, man, I know not all of those have come out, but when I saw the trailer, I was like, why are we making this again? Um, and then the reviews started to come out and everyone was like, this movie's really, really good. And I was like, really? The buzz. And then I went, yeah, the buzz. And then I went with my kids and was just like blown away, um, mostly because of the animation style, but also I thought it was just a really cool story. It found a way to like, I, I immediately was like, oh, this is better than every other Spider-Man movie. Like, that's, that's crazy that you could do that this far in. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. And it, it plays into very recently, um, uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord were talking to Variety. And they said, uh, it's something that's been passed around a lot on social media. So a lot of you who maybe read a lot of pop culture stuff have probably seen it. They were asked about superhero fatigue. Like, oh, people have superhero fatigue. Why are they going to see across the Spider-Verse, and they just basically said, like, we don't think it's superhero fatigue. Uh, we think it's, this is a movie I've seen before, fatigue. And that if you anchor a story in relationships and family and things that are thematically uh, relevant and resonant, that people are gonna wanna see that. And they actually shouted out um, Guardians in the article. They said, like, people don't come, people come to Guardians of the Galaxy to see the relationship between like Rocket and Groot and the family, you know, that, that kind of makes your family. They have not to go see like the shooting and the fighting and the stuff like that. And James Gunn said something similar in April where he just said, again, it's not, I don't think it's Marvel fatigue or DC fatigue or superhero fatigue. It's fatigue for why are you telling me the same story with the same style and the same structure that I've seen a million times. So I thought all of that was relevant to kind of start our discussion um, because as I went into Across the Spider-Verse, I was worried. I had very high expectations. And I thought, like, is there any way, because it was, uh, Into the Spider-Verse seemed like such a bolt of lightning when I saw it for the first time. I didn't know if they could, like, continue to surprise me and come up with more versions of that story that were still um, interesting and stuff. And so that's kind of where I was going into it. Where where were you guys going into Across the Spider-Verse with Marvel movies and everything with Into the Spider-Verse? Before you went into the theater, where, where, where where's your mindset? There you go. I'll go, sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I've, yeah, talked about my own superhero fatigue like maybe 100,000 times on this podcast before. So 
Um, <laughs> Again, Rogo Tours, you can go find all of those old yeah, episodes. All 100,000. You tell your friends, and you can actually catalog, if you don't mind, how many mm. times, Jake, and then come back. Yeah, <laughs> fact check me, please. But <laughs> um, it's So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely fatigued, but I, I really do enjoy that thought that it's not the... It's not superhero fatigue. It's, it's seeing the same movie over and over again fatigue because I feel like that's all I talk about when I when I talk about being fatigued is that they're all the same, right? Yeah. So um, that said, I, I've still yeah been pretty heavily in that place with superhero movies, um, yeah, the last few years. So coming into Across the Spider Verse, um, definitely feeling that way about superhero movies overall. But I think I had pretty high expectations for this one because. Um, for me, Into the Spider-Verse definitely um, yeah, shattered that mold at the time. It uh, you know, com completely redefined for me what uh, superhero movies could even really be. So I, I had pretty high hopes this would be the same. Um, I think there's always yeah, kind of a, a concern of like, well, will more of the same be a good thing? Or will they be able to make it feel yeah, uh, fresh in some other way compared to its predecessor? So... That's where I was. I mean, I know we'll get into thoughts, but um, but I was just as satisfied with this one as uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and I want to add before Eric talks just that um, I came into it before the reviews came out of being like, ugh, is there any way they can, they can build on this? And then the reviews were, I mean, incredible, really. Mm -hmm. Lots of people calling it a masterpiece. People were saying it was better than Into the Spider-Verse. People were saying, like, redefine what animation can be and stuff. And so that then, yeah, kind of rocking me into like, oh no, now it can't live up to what I'm expecting when I go in the theater. Yeah. Uh, so my initial uh, experience with this was my son was a big time Spider-Verse fan. So he's four years old and he was living for Spider-Verse and he really, his excitement for it like reinvigorated me into liking it. And because I was, I was very like, okay, yeah, it's, it's even when I had seen it the first time, I, I watched it once and was like, okay, yeah, it's better than I expected. I, I was into it, and uh, after he, he uh, realized there was another one coming out, we were on the weekly, or you know, as often I was, I would let him. He would watch the trailer and was getting <laughs> progressively more excited for it. Oh, we, I love it. Since it uh, lined up with our, as we teach, and we had summer coming up. Um, that day was marked on our calendar that it was Spider-Verse Day, so he was totally <laughs> pumped. Uh, I, and we took the whole Wait, family. Wait, how old is he now? He's four, so. <laughs> uh, but he was all in on it, and uh, we got a little popcorn, uh, we brought the whole family, so we had a, a young, we had a three-year-old, four-year-old, and a nine-year-old all in the, in the movie theater with us, and it was a, it was a good experience. Um, I had not heard anything about, uh, I know we'll talk a little bit towards the, the ending and, and the resolution. I hadn't heard anything about it, so I was, I was caught off guard by some of that. Um, and I was, I was nervous that it would not live up to the hype, what we built up. I think uh, me and Chad had talked about using it in, in our course, uh, whether it was voice acting or uh, writing and structure, and I, I did think that the first one was so strong, uh, is it going to be inevitably one of those doesn't live up to um, the first? And uh, we were we were really satisfied with with what it did. It was it was impressive to see it all put together, and the wait uh, for it was worthwhile. Yeah. Well, let's just go in then to like some more of those reactions that we had, kind of like our 
are reviews, but of course not in print. And, and for me, that does start with um, the way that they decided to animate like the different worlds in kind of different styles, um, which immediately happens at the very beginning of the movie when you have like Gwen's, they tell like Gwen's story to start off and then they go into Miles' story before then jumping into kind of the main story where they, they come back together, which is all in the trailer. Um, I'm not, uh, no spoilers there, but um, the, the way that they like, and I've read a little bit about it since, like using animation to kind of show what Gwen's feelings were. Sometimes her hair looked a different color, like impressionistic sometimes. Um, obviously looked a little bit different from Miles. The, the way that they'll use comic book like panels. But, and I know some movies have done that before, but why does it feel so much better in Spider-Verse? I don't know if it's because where they employ it seems thoughtful and purposeful, not just like now we need to do a comic book panel, but let's make sure that we're using it when it's, it's uh, thematically resonant to use it or to show specifically what this character's thinking at the same time. The way they use this movie, and again, I, I, later on we'll have like a mini spoiler part where we go into some more detail, but I love the way they use it to explore what does it really mean, like it was like meta about like that same story structure that we see in all of these animated movies, uh, in all of these Marvel movies, excuse me, in all of these comic book movies, to look at does it have to be structured that way? Like you're, you're actually asking questions about the genre within it in a way that felt fresh to me. I'm sure some things have done it before, but it didn't feel too winking. It felt like, no, no, we're having a discussion about like what's our destiny and what makes us who we are. And, and really deepening what we saw before. And then, I, I, well, I, I don't think it was quite as funny as the first one. There's still a lot of humorous parts. Some just, uh, someone was talking about uh, on Twitter the other day uh, in a specific sequence how you could pause it at any time and it looks like a work of art. Um, they were specifically talking about the sequence where a lot of the spider people are chasing after um, uh, Miles. But it was rooted in family again and in the relationships between characters. And I, I must admit that I was like blown away that they could, like that I could watch it and feel like, yeah, once again, you're just giving me so much new stuff. When I thought this was a genre that didn't really have a lot of new stuff to do. And uh, with, with, for me, within the same like month or so as Guardians 3, which I thought did some pretty fresh stuff too, not quite to the level of Across the Spider-Verse, and I didn't mean to suggest that, but I'm like, oh man, do, do I like, comic book movies again like not that i ever like stopped watching them but anyway i i thought it was worthy of all the praise and and not to go into too much depth like we'll do that later but the the biggest thing that i know disappointed some people was they didn't know it was going to end on a cliffhanger because again i won't go spoiler yet but it does end on a cliffhanger and i told like my whole family it ends on a cliffhanger guys we need to know that and so I feel like I can't fully process everything I feel about the trilogy until the third one comes out, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Other things, review-wise, reaction-wise, as you're talking about the quality of the movie. Um, yeah, so I know I hinted earlier, but uh, to me this was um, yeah, as good as Into the Spider-Verse uh, for a lot of the, the same reasons that Chad has already mentioned. Um, obviously, it's beautiful to look at. It's funny. It's. Um, I also really enjoyed that uh, the the meta thing going on and questioning. Yeah, like what um, what makes it a, a superhero story, right? And can we? What happens if we take some of that out? I, I like yeah, being kind of uh, self referential and asking some of those things. 
um, and calling and like they call it a canon event, right? Like yeah. literally, as in story canon is, is uh-huh. the idea there, which is just yeah. funny. Um, so I uh, really liked everything about this movie. Um, it it really surprises me, just like it did with the first one, um, how well it works for everybody. Just because like this is such a weird concept, kind of just that it's so um, so uniquely stylized that it's this weird kind of. Um, niche i don't know it to me seems niche just kind of like this whole idea of a spider verse which i know it's based on comics and has existed in comments in comics but uh just turning that into a movie and that working so well for so many people um is i just think it's really cool that it's as successful as it is um and so uh as far as like the the ending goes it's funny i i had heard uh, or like read that it was a cliffhanger um and that there was another one coming soon. Like I knew that in the back of my head, but just completely forgot it while watching the movie. So I was completely caught off guard when it ended, but I liked it. I felt like this was still a a satisfying emotional arc, you know, to be self-contained in one movie. I thought it flew by for its runtime because it's like two hours and 15 minutes or something like that, which normally when we think of animated movies, we think of shorter runtimes. I saw something on social media that said, I did not confirm it. That it was the longest animated movie of all time. I'm I'm sure that's wow. not exactly right because I'm sure there's some small whatever. But at least right, right. At least and and again, I, I shouldn't have brought it up without. But the point is that people noticed. Oh yeah, this is a little bit longer than we normally see from an animated movie. But it yeah, it definitely doesn't feel that way. Yeah, and like I just go into movies as much as I love movies, obviously, and um, love going to see them. I tend to feel like. They pass, most movies pass more slowly than I expect them to, especially now living in a world of like Babylons and Bo is afraid. Um, <laughs> so um, I usually sit there thinking like, it feels like this could end soon, but I know like with my perception of time, I need to plan on this is still going to be like quite a while. And so, um, yeah, with, with uh, this movie as... I mean, yeah, we won't spoil exactly how it does end, but I was like, oh, we're gearing up for like another act here and was genuinely shocked when when uh, it ended. It concluded. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not mad, I guess, is what I want to emphasize. And I I think it worked well because to me it didn't feel like a cheap uh, cliffhanger. I mean, they they know what they have, obviously. It's thoughtful and complex, that cliffhanger, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not something where they're just cutting it off to get people into seats next year. Like, it's... um, And so to me it didn't bother me in the slightest. And I was surprised to learn that people were mad about the cliffhanger, but... It felt like they expanded it so much that they... The story lent itself to broadening it and to making it a more vast universe. You know, it didn't feel like a lot of. I feel like a lot of the stuff we're seeing, and uh, you know, whether it's your sitcoms or, or whatever stories, you're you're money grabbing. You're doing that. This thing, this seemed purposeful with everything they right. did. I didn't feel like there was any cutting or, or processing when, that way. And I think the anger is less like I'm mad at this movie, and more like that's not an ending. Okay. And I know what you were saying is like, well, it kind of is an ending. Yeah. And I agree. It's like an ending slash a new beginning yeah. in a way. Um, and, and I think that works. But if you went in and you had, I mean, you're maybe an exception just because maybe, and I, I know this sounds pretentious and I apologize, but you might be more thoughtful than the average moviegoer. I would say yes, but right, I'm not trying to be, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to single anyone out. You're awesome for listening to this podcast with the three of us who like talking about movies. <laughs> Uh, but but someone who goes in like, yeah, Spider-Verse, this is fun, and expects, you know, like a lot of 
comic book movies to see an ending of this exact story has concluded. Mm -hmm. That's not quite what it does. It, it takes you to a place of like, you know, we have now seen the repercussions of everything that went on in this movie, but we're not, we, we don't have the full resolution yet. Yeah. And I think that was only what made some people, and upset might even be too strong, like annoyed of like, oh man, like I have to wait. Because I, I saw know. actually somebody compare it to The Empire Strikes Back. That's, that's what I was going to okay. say. Yeah. Someone compared this movie in a single review to The Dark Knight and The Empire Strikes Back. That's yeah. the esteem people have for And I think it's justified. I really think those, I think those two thoughts, I mean, where you don't have complete resolution you're wanting more like you look at both of those the empire strikes back it almost feels like especially the, bad guys, the empire the bad guys back, get yeah. you yeah that's the one i had the heart i i agree because you're in a dark place you're in like you don't know what's gonna happen to, to our boy over there you know Miles. <laughs> but and then the dark knight as well i think you want you want more from that character you want more from watching that like i don't know anyone who who sees the dark knight and is like oh, i'm good with that i don't right. need more He's done his, done his work. He's done his job there. You know, you, yeah. anyone would want more. So. Well, yeah, the Dark Knight, just not to go too far into that, but it's where yeah. they think he did the bad thing, and he's mm -hmm. like, that's okay. Cause that's fine. That's yeah. what I need to do, yeah. and, he, and he goes off. So there is, like, a sense of more coming mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, I like that. I thought that was – I thought it was – like, I didn't wholeheartedly agree, but I, I think that it stands to reason. I think yeah. There's, there's evidence for it. I, uh, and before, I just wanted to say one thing. I think the thing that Jake pointed out is the thing that amazes me the most about the Spider-Verse movies is it feels like something that should be niche. Yeah. It feels that way, and yet everyone's on board. And I think it goes way back to what uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller said, which is like, yeah, if you're making a movie that does the basic things we want well... The rest of it is, it doesn't really matter that much, but we approach it in a different, oh, it's kind of nerdy, and it's like another multiverse movie, and we've seen a lot of those. But no, it's a story about this young kid and this young girl, and them finding their way in the world, dealing with parental things, while also having all this fun with what comic books do, all the while grounded in what makes someone, uh, what makes someone's destiny and and how can we overcome obstacles like we're always responsibility looking for family yeah. Yeah. Is but it's it's weird because it you like you watch this movie's like yeah this should be a movie that I talk about with my nerd friends uh, yeah it's it like, feels no, no. like everyone I know wants to see this movie and loves it yeah it feels like something that I would expect to only learn about after like Marvel's biggest fan has already talked my ear off for like three hours about other Marvel stuff and then they're like oh and have you heard about this thing called the Spider-Verse you know <laughs> like that's I, what I would expect for this kind of thing but yeah it, instead it's just like uh, as successful as anything else in the genre which is great as anything else ever period yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eric did you want to add something sorry yeah I, I also just think that the complexity of the story because like I think as I as I look at my understanding of it there's a lot of stuff going on for the general the general audience member, like, for example, my kids who, who came with me. They're not catching all the details to it, but there's it's layered in a way that is good storytelling for, you know, a junior junior kid <laughs> junior and, <parents>. yeah. <laughs> and and then for us to, you know, break yeah. down and really analyze and, and dive into. Inside out esque in that one thing that uh -huh. you just said. Yeah. So I don't know, I think uh, a couple of the things that really stood out to me initially were, and I was looking for these things too, is the, is the music, the score, uh, the way uh, that it is integrated into the story. Um, I think it was really impressive 
initially with that first one where you had Post Malone and his uh, song really getting played and really becoming that summer theme yeah, song. I don't almost. even I don't even really like Post Malone. I know that may be mean to some people, but <laughs> man, I love that song that because great. of Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's exactly. why. It's yeah. because of the first movie. I'm like, I, it makes me think of the movie every time. It comes on the radio. I'm like, I'm going to leave this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave this on the radio so I can uh, think about Spider-Verse for yeah. a few minutes before yeah. moving on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the way that the music is done there, and also the score by Daniel Pemberton. Pemberton, yeah. Um, I just thought that was it was it was interesting to see how it evolves, uh, just like the whole storytelling. For me, this is why I feel like it almost uh, outdoes the first one is that it evolves it versus just you know like letting it exist and and building on capitalizing it. yeah like you I, talked I, about earlier money making uh -huh. rather than just a cash grab it's just it's an evolution of sound it's yeah. an evolution of experience the care the care that they put into this movie that's why it took so long to come out they're mm -hmm. like no 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 we're gonna get this right well, and you feel so that in like every frame. yeah and and the creativity the level of creativity that they use and you you mentioned the, the the humor, and then I almost have to push back on some. Like I think this one may be more funny. There's oh, more okay. spoofs on, and I I didn't catch all of them. And I like I'm a little marvelled at myself. So I know that I missed some. There's some of this stuff that I'm not. I'm several movies behind on the Marvel sure. verse, uh, but just seeing it integrate, you know. Uh, Gambino and <laughs> Gambino. Legos and it's a, Gambino's oh, <laughs> almost like we're using a code name so people don't know. Exactly. No spoilers. There's a Gambino <laughs> reference. <laughs> don't worry about that. And the guy who did the Lego, who animated the Lego parts, 14. All right. What? Yeah, true story. You can check me on that. Like it's actually true. He did like this trailer uh, in Lego, uh -huh. and then I saw Chris, I saw Chris Miller and Phil Lord confirm it on Twitter. He he animated just the Lego part. There's That's a Lego wild. part. One of the one of the universes is Lego. Spoiler, I guess. Uh -huh. It's only it's like a two minute sequence. Yeah. Um, and a 14 year old was the lead animator or whatever on that. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, he's so talented. Yeah, <laughs> I'll so find hard. his name while while Eric keeps talking. Um, so I think I think the way the the writing and both the storytelling and then the directing, like you have such a collaborative effort in all these things, like. Um, and different skill sets, and, and you see them weaved throughout the story, but not not in a jarring like, oh that that you can tell that's someone different. Like it's just it's just taken such care to tell the story, and I really think that the if this is the byproduct that we get from these these Marvel movies or from these this this style of storytelling, it just elevates it so much and. Uh, the depth of it, because because in its in its simplicity, it's it's a story about a kid finding his own voice and and doing what he feels is right, um, and and then also on the other side of that, you've got the the themes with uh, you know growing up and the themes about being a parent and and I think that universality with which it's created and told uh, structurally. Is just so impressive, and and it does that with both Miles and uh, Gwen. Gwen. Yeah. So I I thought it was masterfully put together, and I do want to see it again. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking how <clears throat> I want to. I just found the GQ article. Um, Preston Mutanga or Mutanga, he had done a Lego version, a two-minute recreation of the Across the Spider-Verse trailer in Lego. It impressed 
the directors and they reached out to him and he did the, uh, yeah, they were like, wow, this is really good. And so they asked him to do it. They were skeptical originally. They said it was the fellow producer who actually made the first contact and his parents were like, come on, this can't be real. And then he ultimately did the, and, and after January, he I was going to say, because he, said he made part. the trailer for this movie. Uh-huh. And then they added yeah. that. That's crazy. <laughs> That's, to the That's according to a GQ article and a New York Times article. Wow. So just wanted to make sure, yeah. That's okay, cool. so we just have a few, a few discussion questions, then, I, and then we'll go into a short spoiler section. Um, but I, my son asked this question. Jake and I actually talked about it a little bit the other day um, off, off, off mic. <laughs> when we were recording uh, our previous episode, but um, Chase just said, my son, uh, Dad, if, if the movies were like more regularly animated, like if it was a more traditional animation style, how much less would I appreciate the ac uh, across and into the Spider-Verse? Or how much, in other words, like how important is the visual style, how important is the visual style to the overall quality, to us saying these movies are as good as they are, to people throwing the words out like masterpiece, or this is like Empire Strikes Back. How important is the animation style to that? Very. What do you guys think? I go very. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's, I think there's a level of um, artistry. Artistry in the entire because we just talked about music, we talked about story, we talked about characters, we talked about you know all these different elements, um, humor, dialogue, all those different things that are coming together, and I think that's that's really what takes it up a few more notches. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you're watching what Pixar did initially with, you know, Toy Story when they yeah. first broke the mold there. Right? Yeah. Just making a movie for an adult and a child. But I think this even goes further in just making it a complex, we don't understand everything. We don't know, understand the entire Spider-Verse and every character that's in there, but we're getting a lot out of it. And right. I don't know, that's... I saw a thing that said, <clears throat> man hours wise, the... The sequence where they chase mm -hmm. Miles was like four years worth of work if it had been like one animator doing it. Like oh. it was like however many. Yeah. You know, and so they did it. They did it. But just, just that sequence. It's just so different and it fits so well with what they're playing around with. Yeah. The creative way that they're. Um, well, we've, we've talked before on here about like, oh, being able to turn the sound off on a movie and appreciate it. And, and Spider-Verse is up there in the, t in the top couple. You know, movies who have the great cinematography and great production design. It's just you don't normally talk about an animated movie quite like that. Yeah. And I thought, ultimately, Chase's question for me was like, I don't even want to think about that because that is what these movies are. Like, yeah. but, it, but it is interesting if Into the Spider-Verse was just totally normally animated, like flatter or, or regular computer animation. Like Bambi. Bambi's would we Bambi. ever have talked about it in the same way? And I, I, I don't think we would have because I think that's what elevates it. Yeah. I think it's inseparable, but... I think um, maybe I'd come away from thinking about this question more like uh, disappointed if it was if uh, Spider Verse was I guess more boring in other departments, but it's not. Like I think if it had right. like a very lackluster story or, or things like that, then I think maybe we'd be sitting here thinking like, but maybe is it just the animation that's cool and you right. know nothing else is? But I think the voice acting, the uh, the, the storytelling. Um, just the writing from in conversations and scene to scene is is because it's all top notch and works together with the just like yeah just totally unique animation that uh, it's all inseparable for me. So you just brought this up and it was one of the other questions I wanted to ask. 
for you guys in Across the Spider-Verse, was there a voice performance or two that you felt was a little bit better? Or, or is it can just we, great? Can we talk across? about uh, Oscar Isaac for a minute? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I think the gravitas that he brings into this genre is just fun. Like, I didn't, I think the first time I watched the trailer, I, I had no idea. And then my wife ended up looking it up. When he's um, in the first one, in the post-credits yeah. sequence, oh. which is fun. Which is what they when they set up this actually more so even than I thought because we rewatched Into the Spider Verse right before, and uh -huh. like oh yeah they really did use that because it felt more to me it felt more like let's just do a fun thing at the end when I saw it because they do the Spider Man pointing meme at the end of it, yeah, yeah. it just seemed like a thing to do, but it ended up being kind of like the groundwork for what was going on here because he 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 has his like able to go to different universes thing kind of set up in the post credits yeah oscar isaac did you want to share did you want to say something about oscar isaac sorry no i mean just i didn't even realize it was him until the movie was over honestly oh, no um and i think like that i guess i part of why i mentioned that is because uh to me it's normally in animated movies i'm sitting there thinking like oh that's that person that's that person who oh who is that oh yeah it's that person sure uh in this like yeah there were times maybe like with oscar isaac that i was like should I know that voice? But overall, I was just so enraptured by the movie itself that I, I wasn't thinking about, like, who's in this. Sure. <laughs> um, like I normally am with an animated movie. So to me, it was more all across the board, I think, as opposed to a standout. It Which was just great. valid. Yeah. I, I really liked Issa Rae, but that's just because I like her. But, but for me, <laughs> it's... And I agree 100%. To, to single out someone is to, like, put other people down. That's not actually true, but it can feel that way. Mm -hmm. But the one that I really loved is partially just because the character, everybody came out loving the character. And so it's the writing too, but Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, I mean, he's hilarious. I saw someone online say, uh, some idiot on Twitter say like, why did, why did they get him to do the English voice? And someone else got on and was like, dude, Daniel Kaluuya is British. Um, but it's, it, it is the writing and it is the way that that character plays into the story, but also he, he's really good. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Like the tossed off moments. I, that's the, the one I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was him oh, until after that. Because one. it's funny. The character's funny anyway. And ends up playing a fairly important role in kind of what, what goes happens in the movie. And I've read um, it's supposed to be more prominent. But, yeah, I know. But the like the the arrogance, the cockiness, coupled with like the casualness of the way that he oh man, that sure. character oh, is so great. And the way they animated Spider Punk yeah. is brilliant and fun and interesting and like always doing something and, and led to one of my favorite lines, which is in some of the trailers, so I, I feel okay saying it. Which is like when he takes off his mask and Miles is like, how are you even cooler yeah. under your mask? <laughs> it, still, it will always be one of my favorite lines. Yeah. So that was, I'm really glad they brought uh, Daniel Kaluuya in. I thought that he, uh, the character um, and the writing uh, combined with Daniel Kaluuya's charisma was that Spider-Punk was great. Any others? I mean, you already said no. Was there anybody else, Eric, that you wanted to mention? I thought so, I would. I would say uh, shout out to Haley Steinfeld. I thought oh, she yeah, was great, yeah. having a yeah. more prominent feature in this, and and just knocking it out of the park. I yeah, like just right initially. You want like I feel like that first one you want to see a little bit more, and then just you get it. Right yeah, you get it right away. away. The minute the movie opens, yeah, it just exciting. goes straight in. Like and and I'm all, I'm never gonna miss a moment to just give another shout out to Jake Johnson who. I was glad he got to show back up again. He's in the trailers. I don't think this is a spoiler for anyone, but 
Jake Johnson as Peter uh, B. Peter Parker, Parker. Yeah. Um, gets to do his Jake Johnson thing. I, I The line from the first one into the Spider-Verse that always cracks me up is just Jake Johnson's delivery, and you get a lot of this in his across. Delivery his delivery is so good, especially on humorous lines. When he's trying to get um, Miles to show them that he can disappear and that he can do the electricity in the first one, and he's like, show him, and, and, and Miles is like, I can't do it on command. He's like, he can't do it on command. <laughs> it's such a beautiful Jake Johnson reading. Just um, the way he shows up in this one is yeah, wonderful yeah. as well. Yeah, Peter. it's pretty great. Peter um, Parker. So, uh, before we go into kind of how it ends and, and some spoilery stuff, uh, what were the themes in this one that kind of resonated with you guys? Uh, we've touched on some of them, but what are the ones maybe that most spoke personally to you before we uh, uh, close here in a minute? I think the duality between family, like allowing your children to grow up and age into something, what they're going to become, and then uh, as a parent, uh, you know, that, that side of it is, is how to parent, how much to control different things, and how much to let them go on and on. I thought that was a, a really big nice. resonant theme for me. Um, I, I really enjoyed the way this movie in particular handled just the... Um, the I guess the question of um, whether Miles should tell his parents, or I mean, I guess it's it really comes down to his mom in a few scenes where he's about to um, tell her that he's Spider Man, and um, uh, there there are kind of a few different takes on that throughout the movie. Um, it treats it almost like you know like a coming out or something, which is has been kind of a common um, metaphor throughout superhero yeah. stories, you know, in the past, but. Um, I just thought for some reason this movie, the way that it handled it, it was the most I've ever like felt it in a superhero movie before. Like usually when that plot element comes up of like, oh, I need to you know keep my identity secret if the people around me knew, you know, da da da, and it it usually feels just kind of not very high stakes. But I just thought the way that this handled it, I think by setting up stakes correctly um, and really uh, uh, doing a lot of showing. Um, how complex this feels for Miles to uh, to be able to to tell his family about this. I, I actually felt in the moments where he was about to, there, there's various moments where he's about to say it, and I was just like, it, it, they actually felt like, um, yeah, emotionally kind of high stakes moments, which I was impressed by. Nice. Um, so just enjoyed that, and then also kind of stuff that comes in more towards the end, with, without spoiling here too much, but I also just really um, appreciate the theme of. Um, well, okay, I really don't want to spoil, but just the idea that like, oh, you're you're not who you thought you were, or you're um, maybe because you. <laughs> I can't say it. Without All right, we'll come back to that in okay. just a minute because I'll say one, and then we'll go because I also wanted to go into a spoiler with what you're okay. just talking about <laughs> with talking to parents and stuff. Mm -hmm. So let me say one theme, and then we'll go spoiler for anyone who's listening and hasn't seen it, which is probably not a lot of you, but we like to make sure we don't. Um, for me, just the ideas that they touched on of like. A lot of times, and rightfully so, movies, not just superhero movies, but also superhero movies, comic book movies, focus on how trauma informs people. And a lot of greatness is born out of trauma and tragedy and dealing with obstacles. And that's resonant. We all have obstacles. We all have trauma. We all have tragedy. But I like the way that the movie I, I at least kind of posits the question. Not, It's not the main question, but posits this question of like, do you have to have specific trauma in order to come like you know what i mean like do you have to have tragedy in order to be great uh, and it doesn't actually ask that question but i was thinking about that a lot this idea of 
Like is the only way to truly reach greatness to have to deal with tragedy and trauma and stuff like that. And maybe the answer is yes, but I at least, I at least think the movie like says, does it have to be that way? Yeah. Can we also become great and having you know normal lives and, and not dealing with, with all this trauma? Okay, that was good to me. Okay, we're going to go spoilers, so if anyone is listening, um, you can either fast forward to the end or you can just stop here and be like, I love those guys on Rogo Tours, but I haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse yet. Because I wanted to go back to, this is all spoiler now, um, I wanted to go back to Heavy how they give him the moment to tell his mom, and he tells her, and, and it's the wrong, it's, he's in a different universe. Because yeah. she's like, who's Spider-Man? And it took me a minute. I know other people caught on quickly. I did not. And I'm like, what? No, what? I thought it was just like How does she funny that, that she just yeah. doesn't care she, about She's that, never even figured know? out who yeah. Spider-Man is uh-huh. or whatever, even though it's been a big deal and stuff. Yeah. And so I like the way that it played both ways, too, before mm-hmm. you find out. Interesting, because he finally gets up the curse and they take away that he, has even, he hasn't really gotten to tell his parents yet. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. I thought that moment worked. It was sad for me when you realize, like, oh no, he still hasn't told his yeah. mom. He finally got up the courage and he, and he didn't do it. As a part of that kind of cliffhanger package where you find out he is not in the universe he expected to be. Which also gives you that chance to look at, hey, sliding doors. Where would my life be if these yeah. things hadn't happened or whatever, which is kind of interesting. A little E-E-A-A-O there. <laughs> but, um, well, what other theme were you going to say? Yeah, I guess what kind of gets revealed towards the end um, is that Miles was not um, intended to become Spider-Man and that he only did because... I'm trying to remember, like the you know spider escape from its own universe or whatever. Yeah, right? the but spot. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, Jason Schwartzman's funny too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Tra- yeah, we didn't mention time. Jason Schwartzman, who has to do like a funny thing to a creepy thing, which I think he did pretty well. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's because he screwed up and brought the spider in accidentally. Right. Okay. From a different universe, it came into Miles's universe. Yes. And therefore, okay. when it bit him, there were two, and the implication is that therefore one of them had to die because I mean. They don't actually say that, but like Peter Parker, played by Chris Pine in the first one, dies because there were two Spider-Men, so now he's the true Spider-Man or whatever in that universe. Right. Okay. And that happens towards the end, and I, I bet they'll explore it more in the next one. But um, I just, I, I think we all sometimes suffer from, you know, what people call like imposter syndrome or just self-doubt of, you know, am I capable or am I supposed to, you know, be uh, in this place that I am in life, and um, and so. I really enjoyed what was more a setup for that, I think, theme, but um, I think just in this unique uh, story where there's like, there's all these thousands of different, uh, you know, spider people, and it seems like, well, there's so many people that get to be Spider-Man to then be told like, well, yeah, but you're still a fraud though, like you weren't supposed to actually become one, I, I think is is interesting thematic ground, and I hope they explore that more. Um, yeah, that, I mean, and they introduced that, thank you, they introduced that fairly early on, right, when she's is it like, early? no, no, they introduce... The idea. Oh, okay. Because she's like, it's really elite. There's only a few people in this oh, in yeah, the, yeah. In uh-huh. the um, society. Right. And then he goes to headquarters. It's like literally every other Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. is allowed to be in this society. Literally uh-huh. every Spider-Man in every universe except for you yeah. has, been, has been given access to this. Uh-huh. Everyone's in there like, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? And he's like, seriously? <laughs> and so they give you kind of that early idea. We don't find out till later why they right. excluded him, right? Yeah. Awesome, thanks. Eric, anything like spoilery that you want to discuss or just like, were you compelled by this? You know, he's the prowler in the other universe. His dad has died and his uncle Aaron's still alive, but he chose the life of crime because there was no Spider-Man in this universe. 
Yeah, I just thought the the main takeaway for me was the conclusion, just the cliffhanger of it all. Um, and I, I felt okay with it. Like I said, I, I didn't know I was not in on the yeah on the cliffhanger on the scuttlebutt yeah <laughs> so um i i uh want to say this uh in in the spoiler section i am a, a you know a young person at heart i like to think i like to think um and immature in a lot of ways and i was super pumped when gwen kind of got her band together to help him like she's standing there at the end and it's like spider punk and it's Spider-Man India. Karen Sony did a great job oh, too. Oh yeah, that, that the Spider-Man India awesome. stuff is great. Yeah, um, uh, and it's uh, and they brought back all the other people: Spider-Man Noir yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Peter Porker, and uh, I think Penny was there too. Uh-huh. I was just super pumped at the end, like a little nerdy fanboy of like, oh yay! Like they're all getting together <laughs> to to be their own little like band is kind yeah. of like the, the the you know the thematic thing. Um, and I was I was so pumped to see them all back. And I know they appear for a minute earlier, but like, oh, this maybe means we get all of them in Beyond the Spider Verse. Oh, we did. And, that, and did. I was I, that made me really excited. Yeah. Like even though it is kind of like a, a a trope in some ways, a cliche of like, oh, and all of us are gonna get together now to come save the day. Like I, I don't know, I felt giddy. It worked. It happened. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> and that was one of the things about the end that made it feel happy still. Yeah. Like he's facing this other thing, like he's facing off with himself. They also have someone else voice the Prowler version of oh, him, which I thought was interesting. Jarrell Jerome. Hmm. Um, uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting, just on a side note. Yeah. But I think that was the thing that kind of counterweighted the 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 cliffhanger for me was like, Ooh, we got this this group of all of our faves that yeah. were so fun and everybody's and here to come. With with the exception of uh, Issa Rae, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman who's we have a sense that maybe she might be a little softer on Miles, but she was not part of the group that's yeah. going to like save the day. So I thought that was great, great was, way to finish. Yeah. So just the last thing, uh, what do you guys want out of the last one? I know uh, 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 Chris Lord and Phil Miller. I'm sorry, Chris Miller and Phil Lord. I do that all the time. <laughs> have said like for us, this is the end of the animated Spider Verse stories, which I want that to be true. I'm always a fan of less is more. So yeah. what are your last thoughts about either what you're hoping for, expectations, or anything as far as, like, can you be disappointed now, or what? Hmm. feels pretty wrapped up to me as far as I, I feel like in watching the second one, they had the third one in mind. Like, I think they got to a place where it's almost like this evolved into, okay, we're going to do the full trilogy with it. This is a good place to cut it. And yeah. it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like it's going on like a lot of Marvel just to go on and get right. um, get a payday. So I, I kind of trust the process, whether it takes them longer or not, which yeah. I, I just the way that it's set up makes me feel like it's going to hit the timeline. It's going to be okay. I, I have less. And I don't know. Yeah, we talked about that a little off mic, that there have been some people in interviews who have implied that they don't know for sure if it'll hit the March 29th, 2024 release date that they set for Beyond the Spider-Verse. So we talked a little bit about that before. And I think, I just want to piggyback off what you said. This one was so good that I just, I just trust them now. Yeah. Because yeah. after one, I was worried, like, what, what, what's going on here? Is it a cash grab? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. What you did here was like, let's realize what made the first one great, and let's make sure all of those things are still great. And so now I'm just pumped. I'm just like, I'm excited to see how this ends because I don't think you can fumble it. Yeah, and I know no. that's a bad, a bad way to come in, but 
Well, I'm, it, I'm right there with you, though. Yeah. Yeah, same. It seems like like a, a very a true two-parter that was probably made at the same time. If they're coming out, you know, overall, obviously they're still finishing work on the the next one, but I think there's enough overlap there that it yeah it doesn't have that same feeling of waiting like five years between the first one and this one where it's almost like. Knocked it out of the park with the first one, but now this is like a you know separate swing. I guess we're we're doing a baseball metaphors with this, but, um, <laughs> like you always do. Yeah. Not another baseball yeah. metaphor. Go Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, with this one, it felt almost like so separated that it's like, well, okay, yeah, can we you know going back to square one? Is it gonna uh, feel as good as the first one? But it, yeah, now this just feels like an, it'll be an extension of of the second one. So I, I feel like they'll. It'll be more of the same in the best way possible, I'm guessing. Nice. Yeah, it's these are really great movies. I really want to get like a poster. We uh, Where we're recording, I have my Spider-Verse Funko Pop bobbleheads hanging out um, from Into the Spider-Verse. It's just so fun what they've done while keeping the quality cinematically so high. It's it's It feels impossible, like in a weird... I know that's bombastic, and it is, but it feels like something that shouldn't shouldn't be working so well and it's just it's a tribute to the whole team they had three different directors and you think that wouldn't work but they were like no no we knew what we were going to do we sometimes i read a little piece about how they didn't think the spider-man india stuff was working as well late in the process and so they and they changed it but not just that they brought in a bunch of indians including karen sony and um oh shoot hassan minaj uh, to like, hey, we don't feel like this is working. Why is that? What culturally can we put in here? And I just think that the care, the craftsmanship of like, no, 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 we're making something here that's going to be like culturally relevant, pop culturally relevant. Like, let's make sure it's right. Like, you just see that in every frame. And it's just it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Got to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of you have. If you haven't, you've never seen the first one or the animated thing turned you off. Like, these are great movies pitted up against any movies. Not just uh, not just animated, not just comic book. So it's good stuff. I'm very excited to watch it again, like Eric said, and and to watch them for years to come with like my kids and my grandkids. If I ever have any when they get older, I'm, when I'm 80, like let's put on yeah. <laughs> back from when I was 40, 42. Um, anyway, thank you so much. Uh, our next episode coming out in a couple days uh, will be our favorite western. So if you're a western fan, and even if you're not. Be listening for that. Um, tell your friends to listen to um, Rogo Tours if you like us. And if you don't, I don't really know why you're listening, but we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Goodbye.